0: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Christian Thwaites at Brown Janikowski. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Uh, November the 16th. It's difficult to to think how quickly this year has gone. And so we've got Thanksgiving next week and then barreling into the year end. Uh, But um, still, uh, the the markets have been pretty active, as you know. As we, as of today, the S&P is up. I'm gonna give year to date numbers. I mean, things have changed a little bit. in the sense that we we did well up until March, April, took a bit of a summer lull, did a September, August rally. Um, But, you know, S&P is up 25%. Um, Interesting enough, the S&P equal weighted, which takes out the big weighting of the big tech guys, you know, the five or six companies and the tech weighting, which is about 32% of the index. So so it just looks at every single 500 company equally, 0.2% of the portfolio. That's up 27%. And that's important because uh, the broader the market rally, the less nervous uh, um, I certainly am. If it's all being done by a few names, getting on historical and stratospheric multiples, then uh, that's that's one market condition that isn't necessarily uh, terribly comforting. But if you're seeing a broad range uh, of stocks rally, then there's a little uh, little sort of better optimism with that, because it means that you know more companies are benefiting from the. From the recovery and it's not uh, as one as lopsided as it was in 2020 small companies too up um up 34 so it's like a seven percent increase over over large companies and the same story there um smaller companies you know are smaller most companies small companies stay that way there's a bit of a myth that they end up being goliaths in the be more cyclical have more debt and be more uh, you know focused in their market so if you see a a rally in small cap it usually also means that the the economic recovery is spread out so that's good that's two indicators we got. Um, Nasdaq continues to do its uh, its thing. Nasdaq is really a shorthand for the top tech companies. That's on twenty five percent so pretty much in line with the S and P. Um, and and then Europe is up fifteen percent. Japan down a little bit. International has not been a great performer this year. And emerging market is negative, which we discussed in the blogs before. And that's mostly China, but also some in debt and dust trading and inflation problems in places like Brazil. Anyway, so that's where we are. Uh, any portfolio this year would have uh, made uh, quite a decent amount of money on top of a uh, you know, 2020 good return as well. So we've obviously got a lot to be grateful for as investors. But uh, anyway, so here we are. Now, this this uh, headline came up this morning. And um, so this is the big uh, retirement fund for CalPERS. now. As you know, probably CalPERS is probably almost permanently lagging in its investment returns, given its obligations. And so if you're a pension fund without enough assets to your liabilities, you can either increase contributions, you ask employees to put in more, or you can cut pensions, not usually a very popular move, uh, or you can, uh, you know, decrease your investment returns. Or you can do what these guys are about to do, which is that the lever up at uh, at presumably fairly low rates and go more into alternative assets. Now, far back from me to critique the CalPERS guys, It's probably is not as sensational as the headline shows, it's probably being about 5 or 10%. But when you kind of think of, you know, what could go wrong? Well, if you've got a giant fund, I know this is like $600 billion or so, uh, levering up to go into alternative assets, leverage is short-term, the rates you borrow at... Uh, uh, fluctuate an alternative asset is incredibly illiquid uh, and will only get kind of repriced about once every every year so so you know, there's definitely some uh, some from the market you know whether it's um these kind of things or electric vehicles there's plenty of places where the markets are, are pretty heady and when i see an, a headline like this you think really they're going in at this stage of the cycle to um you know go into uh, risky investments with borrowed money so you know we're certainly cognizant that you know that while things are looking good across the economy and the stock markets, there's things like this will come back and be, be quite an unpleasant surprise. But anyway, let's kind of uh, talk about where we are in November. So uh, the good news is the COVID-19 rates have, have. Well, the bad news is they've stopped falling, but the good news is they're much lower rate than they were. Uh, but there is a slight tick up, uh, probably the seasonal effect and um you know, so it's it's around with us. Uh, it was a very big hit to Q3 GDP. So we had a 6%, 7% print in Q1 and Q2. And Q3 estimates started at 8%, ended up at 2%. So that was the whole COVID uh, Delta 19 sweeping through and kind of cutting back uh, activity. And it does mean that I think a lot of that will be pushed into the fourth quarter and we're looking at a really robust fourth quarter growth. But I kind of put one thing out here, which is that, um, you know, it might be that we're living with COVID for a long time, Um, you know, where there's other strains, I don't know, I'm not in a position to judge it, but it does seem like, um, you know, this thing may not go away in the sense that it's never an issue anymore, or if it it does go away, it may not be for a while yet. And that's going to mean that there's going to be, you know, full stars, you know, full storms and so on, uh, and then kind of accelerations and catch. Uh, And that's kind of what we're in now. But I would say that perhaps COVID is still going to be talking about it uh, in uh, at least six months from now, possibly longer. Uh, Inflation is the uh, big debate. So um, that is something which uh, is essentially uh, in in two broad camps, although they're staking out rather extreme grounds at the moment, which is that um, inflation is Temporary. It's due to a few sectors of the economy which have got hit badly by COVID, uh, supply chain management, um, and a few sectors which have just not able to uh, meet demand, which they've had. Uh, then there's, which, no, no, no. It's, uh, it's likely to be uh, much, for much longer. I have sympathy with both camps. I think that, um, you know, make no mistake, the 2009 to 2020 inflation period was incredibly low I mean there was never a any sustained time where the inflation was hitting percent and that was with the Fed throwing easy money at it for the best part of a decade we just could not get out of a very low inflation environment and that you know that has problems for wage increases uh, and while it's stable and everything it's usually um, compatible with uh, with with slow growth which is exactly what we had two percent growth you know for about 10 years so I think that a slightly higher level of inflation is nothing to worry about. I think we will get. We we know that uh, higher inflation in the next few months. Don't be surprised by the by the headlines. We know that the used car prices are high. Uh, they're not likely to fall uh, in the next couple of months. We know that new car prices are high. They're not likely to fall either um, until they kind of get the supply back online. Both those two, both those two are seven percent of. the of the index so um that's uh that's that's going to be a very high high uh num- part of the uh, cpi i hope everyone can hear me i hope i'm um okay um debbie if i'm having if, if you're giving a problem with the uh with the with the sound or anything just let me know yeah. Go. okay yeah so i, I got a uh, call on my phone One second. So um, the, the other thing on, uh, inf- so inflation is going to be high for the next uh, couple of months. Just, uh, just, you'll see it in the news, newspapers. Uh, it'll be um, headline CPI. Some of that is, uh, again, these op- opened and now, sorry, closed and then opening sectors. I'll cover those in a little bit. Also, uh, the energy costs, which are much higher than they were a year ago. So people are spending a lot more you know, on gasoline and energy costs and heating going into a wintertime. And even today, uh, you know, we're gonna have a big spike in natural gas prices because uh, Germany has put a, uh, at least a kind of review on the, uh, on the Russian pipeline coming up to, up to speed. And that will definitely affect natural gas prices in Europe. And if they have a cold winter, it's gonna be uh, doubly worse. So anyway, expect inflation to increase a little bit. It's really what we're looking for in the new year that matters and what things begin to supply. And I think they will. They'll come down from these headline rates of five and six to you know, to much lower than they are now. Um, the other thing that we have is is negative real wages, and this is really important. Is that um, you know to get a good inflation cycle going, uh, you have to have um, uh, an increase in 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 nominal and real wages, where people are uh, asking for and getting wage increases, which are. Keeping up with inflation or exceeding it, then you've got that kind of wage-price cycle, which you know many people have talked about. And if you lived through the seventies, probably experienced it. But right now, uh, you know, we, we are seeing real wages uh, fall. Um, so, even though there's been an increase in uh, lower-paid jobs, you know, from the minimum wage and the bottom to quintile of people of earners, uh, it's still not, uh, you know, still not exceeding the uh, real rate of inflation. So. You don't get a uh, high increased real wage it's very difficult to have an inflation policy if people don't have the money um the fed taper announcement that's done um so they're going to just cut the quantitative easing the bond buying from 120 billion down to zero cutting 15 billion dollars a month until next may or june when it will stop so remember this is just, this is a a tightening in the very very pretty sort of technical sense of the world they're still still adding they're going to add another, I don't know, three four hundred billion to the balance sheet between now and June. And now and June, so so you know that the, there's still a presence in the bond market. And if you're adding um, assets to the bond to to the uh, to the balance sheet, albeit at a, at a lower rate, you're still you know, taking uh, taking money out of the bond market and putting it into bank reserves. So that you know that that will be done gradually. And We expect you know rate increases. We had put perhaps. Uh, back end of 2022 i think it's more likely to be uh, in the, in the middle of 2022 that obviously if inflation really persists and stays high then you might get something uh, accelerating from that but at the moment kind of think a 2022 mid-year uh, rate hike is, is on the cards uh, employment is stronger much stronger whether it's claims or new farm uh, payroll numbers uh, disappointing september much better october likely to be a better november December, January. I mean, we look for you know five, six hundred thousand at least um, from the 160 we had back in October. But we've still got a much smaller labor market than we did. It's about five million people less people working than we did in the peak of um of February 2020. And uh some people you know will stay out of the market, some people retired early. But the interesting thing is that the participation rate between women of women aged between 25 to 35, and then people. Uh, age 50 to 55 has dropped. And to me, that's a proxy for childcare problems. Uh, you know, if, you, if, if the schools are closed and one of the wage earners has to stay and, uh, you know, look after kids, then um, that's that's where it's going to show up. So some people who, you know, cannot, cannot go to work yet until all of this is uh, cleared up. As they do, I think the re-entry into the labor force will begin to accelerate. We've got a very low participation rate right now was always declining for the last 20 years anyway as women exited the workforce. Um, but it's, it, it's not going to stay at this low rate. It's impossible, I think. It's very difficult to imagine why 5 million people would permanently exit the, um, uh, the, the workforce. So uh, it hasn't snapped back as quickly as one might have expected, but job growth has been very robust. And I do think the participation rate will come back in, and that will take some pressure off, uh, off wage and price increases. as well. And economic activity, I think, with consumers, consumers are in good health. We talked about this before. They've got a lot of cash. More people back at work. Uh, you know, confidence is a little bit generally pretty good, although the last month wasn't, wasn't uh, took a bit of a hit because of inflation. But I think uh, you know we'll generally see economic activity continue to expand. We had a good retail sales number this morning, much better than uh, expected. So people are out there; they're not sort of hiding under a bush, um, scared. Uh, keep, so here's the U.S. got a little bit of an uptick there. Um, and that's why I'm kind of thinking that, yes, we're back to seven-day rolling average rates, which we were in June. Um, obviously, they spiked for reasons that we know about, but, uh, you know, the same as they were about a year ago. Now, this little uptick is, is, I think, what we're going to be living with, you know, because, as you know, vaccine rates are uh, not uniformly high in the country. Um, so we might be looking at the, these kind of numbers, which is going to kind of lurk in the background as an issue for, for a while. Um, Europe, you could little upticks in Germany and France and Italy it was throwing in the whole European Union, and it's, uh, it's not as strong uh, as it would like. So that's, these are still very much sort of, you know, in, in the background, uh, flatline, but you know, not necessarily uh, sailing into great territory where it's going to grow good for a long time. And then just look down in the United States, here are all the other states, I haven't bothered to name them all, but they're kind of bumping along the bottom. There's a few up here. I don't think this one's over home or something like that. But uh, you can see that generally the numbers are improving. Here's Florida, it's got very weird data, which it kind of goes that line. They don't report it as often. Um, I not think why, but they don't report as often as uh, other, other states. Um, this is signaling my internet connection is unstable, but that just could be, Half of the course you text me if it's coming through uh but in, in other states it's um it's uh, it's it, it's kind of um low and uh and flat. so um but you know big improvement yeah my my concern here is a look at this it's all over the place You are know, these are per hundred thousand so this could be a very spotly uh populated state that's probably alaska or something like that and uh, and again but you know, really what you're looking for is for this all to be trending down and stay down it's not it's sort of you know it's kind of all over the place so that's why I think that uh you know the, the COVID-19 green light we're it's all going to be great you know may not be forthcoming for, ver- for a very long time and then you throw in political issues around COVID uh and you might be looking at this as a backdrop of uh, you know uncertainty for a while um <clears throat> the here it is the uh the the, the q3 uh GDP number, yeah, it's this is the estimates put out by the Atlanta Fed. They're usually pretty accurate. Uh, they started out the quarter at seven, very quickly during the quarter revised it down, and they were, they were right. It came out at two percent. Um, right now they're back up at eight again. Obviously it's still relatively early in the quarter, but if this stays like this for the next couple of uh, weeks, uh, you know, gets us into late November, early December, then this. Eight percent turnaround in GDP, which you know should be pretty secure. So you know the the economy is um, is definitely coming back strong, stronger um, after the third quarter delay. Now inflation, <laughs> uh, very very big debate. You know you'll hear a lot about it. Um, inflation is something that people feel. Uh, you know they not they may not so know all the details, but if you you know, I ride a motorcycle. It used to cost me fifteen dollars with California gas, which is the most expensive gas in the country, uh, to fill up a four-gallon tank. Now it cost me twenty-five dollars. So if I was, you know, filling up an F one fifty or a Dodge fifteen hundred Ram, uh, you know, two most popular vehicle vehicles in the country uh that's got to be a lot of money um so people will feel that you know inflation is around and then they'll be in food prices and so on so so it's a very kind of visceral reaction you can show them the numbers and say well it's only in some areas so stop doing this but people you know people feel inflation and it's hitting the uh, hitting the headlines uh you know there's a debate about it you know some are uneasy about the bank of I England; they've got a different set of problems but they're, you know, uneasy about surging inflation. Yellen says she's in the camp of uh, it will eventually uh, subside. That's pretty much what the Fed thinks as well. Uh, And so interesting does the BIS put a lot of credibility into it and that's the Bank of International Settlements and it's made up of a bunch of very inflation hawkish guys but they kind of think that it's motionally transitory because of supply issues and demand coming back with them supply. But anyway, this debate is certainly out there and you'll read a lot about it from almost every source uh, out there so let's kind of look at it um so the, i've put a long inf- long inflation numbers so we kind of know what we're looking at you know this is what to my age you kind of remember this you know it's like 70s it was uh 13 14 50 and then everything sort of began to get under control you got the uh the, the core cpi which is this green line gradually falling down from about four percent and then it bottomed out at about two percent for most of the last decade, and uh, and then you know the headline CPI, you know, apart from a few occasional spikes, which it tends to do in a recession, you know, suddenly we're seeing these prints of six percent, which you know this is where you get the headlines. Oh my God, it's the highest inflation in thirty years, and then going back to here. Um, and in the case, I think the core CPI, it's uh, it may be back to the early eighties, but I would sort of say, well, hang on a minute, you know the. It, this is a you know a sh- relatively short period we're talking about. So uh, eventually, I think there's a lot of deflationary forces in the economy which will bring this under control. Shelter is very important. It's 33 percent of the CPI, um, and that has definitely ticked up, and that's driven primarily by rents and the prices of houses. Um, it doesn't care. It's not. It doesn't measure how much you paid for your house. It measures <laughs> the way they do it. Is they they call up a, a homeowner and said and say if you could rent if you if you could rent a property now what would you rent it at and what people go through their minds is well my mortgage is x and you know my neighbor's house just went for 600,000 and I bought 500,000 so I'll just plug in a number and they do that and it's it's nothing wrong with it it's and they will imp- and they will also use some rents from around the area to sort of calibrate that as well but it is a it is a weirdly computed um Measure of inflation is just so important to the CPI. It's only taken twice a year. Uh, you know, the survey is only done twice a year. Between that, they kind of extrapolate what they think is going on in rent. So that's a long winded way of saying that it, it has popped up. I think uh, some of it will ease off a little bit because this includes um, utilities, some utilities which is not meant to include. and They take it out um, uh, when they readjust the index. But this is definitely this shelter component which has come up from that. B, is a very important to the overall cpi and is likely to sort of stay about this level for the moment primarily because uh, rents and house prices are kind of you know behind it all um but it does stand up <laughs> if you zoom in on this you kind of go all right it did it went up a lot you know from this is the last couple of years i'm sorry um but you can see from september october we're sort of tooling along at 1.5 1.6 bang april we go up to three and suddenly we get uh four you know, four hits at uh, at four four and a half percent. But another way to look at that is, is this went up a lot, but this is leveling out. It's not accelerating, and I think that that's that's primary probably what we're likely to see. Um, I can't see that the big surprise here was again the used car, the opening index, the the opening uh, sectors, a little bit of the um, shelter. But if this is what we for the next. A uh, couple of months, three months. But I think we will in you know, a four, four and a half percent. It's going to level out. It's not going to sort of keep on accelerating. What markets don't like is this kind of stuff where it kind of goes from oh, we would sort of we all fall this under control and suddenly doubles in a very short space of time. This is more about you know leveling out inflation, I think, so and not accelerating. So that's currently, I think, what we're likely to be seeing. There it is for the last five months. Um, these are some of the sectors that got all the. Just takes you back to. Um, I have to move here. This takes you back to a year. So, you car prices. Um, sorry, this is truck. This is car rental. This is your up thirty five percent. Used cars up twenty eight percent. New cars ten percent. Um, and these are obviously things that people experienced. Here's the airlines one, which was up in the summer and then got clobbered by this Delta West. Down again, but that will start to go up. But if you look at these over the long term, used cars and new cars price level has been nearly zero for 25 years. Very, very little inflation uh, in, in, in used car prices. So these are not gonna stay that they are, I think, you know, bottlenecks, the reopening, uh, you know, demand slightly higher before, some staffing shortages, all this kind of stuff. But you do simply do not get a used car. Uh, CP running at 28% year on year because you know the gap between new used cars is already you know very very tight. Our people say, saying, "No, I'm not going to do this." Uh, so, and there's also a huge shortage of supply of of used cars now. At the same time as there's a chip shortage for the new cars. So, my point is that yeah, these kind of make sense that they've gone up, but not the kind of industries where they can uh, ratchet up. Price increases year after year, they're going to subside. Uh, I so said the long term is zero to one to, percent. To they can't sustain price increases of double digits. This is a great slide from a guy called Matt Klein, whose blog is well worth reading if you've got the time. But essentially, what he's done is take is break out inflation between the core inflation and then what pandemic idiosights categories, which is essentially all categories we've talked about here, it's down at the bottom. Cars trucks, new vehicles, so they've got supply problems. Energy has come up from a, a, uh, restaurants, hotels, F will know the story there. They closed down, they opened up, they opened up less capacity than they down at. Uh, admission to live events, you know, club membership. How many of us said, well, I don't really need the gym membership because I can't go to the gym. So, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll quit that. And then gyms opened up and they, they, they saw more demand. They tried people to come in and, um, uh, their prices went up year over year because like a year ago no one wanted the how much prices people didn't come in they're able to get those prices back to what they were tuition and child care car and truck rental uh, motor vehicle insurance that's a good that's a, another classic one it's like well, i'm driving less i'm go home I don't have to commute i'll drop the drop the car insurance there's no penalty for doing that so car insurance uh, uh, premiums decline then everything reverses and they come back up again anyway so if you kind of take out those pandemic, you categories, you can see they're a very large part of total inflation. So this was the monthly one, 0.9%, and 70% of it is those three, is those uh, uh, pandemic categories. So um, you know, here it's a little bit more core. But in June it was those guys again. So this is going to continue for a while. This blue is still going to dominate this bar, I think, uh, for the next uh, few months. So um, Uh, again, I kind of am in the camp of eventually these will subside, you know, whether, no, not in one month, but it won't take a year. Uh, And eventually we'll, you know, we'll start seeing back to 0.3, 0.4%. So what does the, what's the financial market doing? Well, this is the quick answer on that is that the, the financial market, and you'll see in the consumers think this, that inflation will increase or be, you know, percent current inflation uh core inflation will happen for the next year or two and then will subside in other words it'll start to come down uh, at some time in the future and all this does is this look at the treasury market which is pretty good as an indicator of what people are feeling and the tips market which is the treasury inflation pre- pretend, uh, protected securities takes the difference between the two so the ye- yellow green line <coughs> colorblind so not the blue one, it says right up at the top, sorry, it's faded, basically says that the market expects 3.17% inflation over the next uh, five years. Uh, but if you look at the 10-year number, it says that's gonna come down to 275. So that's, uh, you know, that's nearly 50 basis points lower. And if you took the 30-year one, which I didn't bother with because it's me. 2%, so very important to remember here is that if the inflation story was rock, you know, in a sort of place of, my God, it's out of control, it used to be the other way around. You'd see long-term inflation numbers you know, much higher than short-term inflation number expectations. What the market is really saying is, yeah, we're, gonna, we're kind of braced for slightly higher inflation, but then eventually it will kind of revert and the, the deflationary forces will come back into play. So that's kind of one measure. And consumers, I think, are doing the same thing. Now, this is just takes. We looked at some what consumers feel confident about buying stuff. We just looked at large household durables, washing machines, vehicles, uh, and there's other ones as well. But we took these ones. And people say, are asked, is this a good time to buy a large uh, a, a washing machine? Some people, some people say no. <clears throat> the difference between the two, I think, is a good indication of just how how much people are saying now is not a good time to buy. You can see, you know, for a durable, it's like, this is the worst time to buy since 19 uh, ever. <laughs> and for a car, worst time to buy since at least 1980. Now, this is a little bit counterintuitive. The way I read this is, that means that people are saying they're gonna postpone the buy, the buying. It doesn't say they're not gonna buy, they're just saying now is not a good time to buy it. If inflation, was really going to take off, you'd buy it straight away. If you really thought that your washing machine was going to cost 20% more, uh, you know, six months from now, you get out and buy it. Um, if you think that it's going to be cheaper, then you're going to postpone buying it. So that's, you know, there's 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 other elements of that, especially with housing as well. People are saying now it's a good time to buy a house, but it doesn't mean I don't want to buy a house. And if I can, you know, if I can get the loan, then I will do it when I think that uh, prices have come off a little bit. So if this was off the charts up here, where more people are saying I'm going to go out and buy stuff, then you say, well, then there's a lot of demand chasing supply, and that's likely to be a problem on the inflation side. But here you've got more people saying, actually, I'm likely to postpone this purchase, uh, so you know, they obviously think that uh, inflation might come down a bit. And inflation expectations are really important. A difficult thing to put your finger on it because it because it's so personal. But generally, people are thinking, yeah, inflation now is not a good time but I think that uh, prices will subside. And if they think that, then eventually they'll come back to the market and importantly they won't be asking for you know, a lot of high wage increases. Um, this is the one I, I keep on coming back to because I'm just a big believer that you need real wage increases. This was the real wage increases that were last year. No one would be worried about that, self included, because that was just about the labor market falling the labor market. This um, that you know if you're a hourly earner, blue one, or uh, of uh, hourly earnings of productions, and, and you throw over weekly as well because you know hourly can you can get a higher hourly rate but not be employed so many hours a week. You can see that they're all kind of running in uh, in a, here. It is uh, the average weekly wage is on 1.5 percent year over year, and it's been running negative for most of this year. So you don't get a huge amount of consumers until this number's up in the one to two area. So this is obviously something to watch when a wage might catch up at some point and the cost index only comes out every quarter. This is every month. Um, it does tell me that at least you know the are we hearing about wage increases, and personally I think is a very thing for the economy, uh, generally, you know, ages are not keeping up with not keeping able with inflation, you're not getting a lot of inflation. Definitely the jobs market is, uh, is mending. This is 531,000. going to need some more. I think we're going to get them just because we had, you know, two months of, uh, of, of previous disappointing numbers. Um, and this uh, unemployment number is going to start to fall gradually. So this is, if we get 100,000 in November, uh, God forbid, <laughs> and the, that will go super easy. Um, and the economy will be... Able Big, big question mark about how fast the economy's recovery. We get uh, another 500 and going into the new year seven, eight, back to here. Then I think we're on a very good path. I think that's what we're getting. I do want to talk about some inflation strategy. So this is from high level down to uh, uh, more tactical level portfolios. So think about inflation obviously one of the first goals of investment strategy is to preserve your purchase. So in inflations New zero you know in about 20 years time you have half your purchasing so it's not a bit so clearly one of them is to, be able to ensure that a portfolio stays ahead of uh, core inflation and most of the time the assets investments we do we, we do that at times where there are nations added to you know to portal we a lot of them, and all of them have pros and cons. Short answer is very few to guarantee you. You would be probably as a guarantee very high price. But um, I'm going to talk about I'm happy to send it on to people. We're going to do protected securities, zero bonds. I read that I read up in the blog a couple of weeks ago. If you're el- everyone's eligible for it, but you can't put money in there. Quite a good investment. Uh, you have to buy them directly from the treasury though. Commodities have to be, uh, I think, uh, with extreme care. The bond ladder we use it for a number of clients that has good inflation. All of these have good inflation strategies. Some are better than others, some are more short term. Floating rate notes, which are just bonds whose coupon changes uh, every couple of months. Gold, I think, is a terrible inflation hedge, but I don't think otherwise. So we kind of put it in there just to make sure that we. You know, assets don't carry over month over month, they do. But anyway, we just check that they don't. Uh, foreign exchange, I mean, there's absolutely, if you're in a high inflation environment, um, and particularly in the 70s, if you were in the, uh, what was then the, the Deutsche Mark, um, Swiss franc, still around, of course, the yen, uh, that offered quite a lot of inflation protection. Uh, equities, these are the kind of sine qua non investment strategies to beat inflation. Not all of them do it all the time, but over time, Equities are a pretty good inflation hedge. Why? Because they sell in nominal dollars, and they, uh, you know, they 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 will generally increase their sales in line with inflation, and that'll kind of flow through to, you know, earnings and and dividends. So you know, if you if you really think uh, um, you know inflation is going to be twenty percent, you're going to have be overweight in equity, very underweight in bonds, unless they're unless those yields are tracking up as well. Real estate. Uh, There's a lot of different flavors of real estate. What we're talking about here is uh, real estate where there's leases which have some CPI uh, adjustment to them. There's quite a few that do, whether it's in housing or storage or commercial, uh, a little bit with um, retail uh, and also with office. Real assets is something we're looking at. We haven't really invested in it yet, but uh, there is kind of farmland and timber, um, which are pretty good um, inflation hedges. They don't always... It's not one for one. Sometimes they have to kind of, you know, wait for it to catch up. I put crypto in there. We've done a little research of crypto over the summer. We're putting out a paper, which is available, and we'll put it up on the website. Um, but, I mean, one of, the adv- one of the advocates of crypto is, of course, it's an inflation hedge, which is utter nonsense. But just because an asset goes up 500% doesn't mean it's an inflation hedge. You could say Tesla's an inflation hedge at that point. But anyway, it is there uh and you know we don't want to take our eye off it it's easy to dismiss right now but who knows where come. um tips <laughs> tips are good the tips will give you the cpi index no doubt about it um the problem is that you don't necessarily want to be in them if the inflation is low this is this black line is what inflation got you this is what tips got you since 2017 uh so you, you made a total of you know, 100, your hundred dollars turned into 106, 107 on the CPI, turned into 109 on the tips, but your corporate bonds gave you 100. Actually, this is corporate and treasuries. So at that time, tips did better than inflation. Yay. They didn't do as well as, you know, corporate bonds. So you kind of got to, got to get your timing right. Um, and th- this is this is where it's worked, you know, from the beginning of 2020. Actually, it's nearly all here. Um, over the summer, you know, you've seen your the, again since last January. Your uh, CPI is 107. Bonds haven't kept up, with, and tips have. So, the uh, that's th- they can be good. You just can't necessarily, you know, hang out in them indefinitely because the if you had tips for 20 years from 2000 to 2020, you'd be a very disgruntled investor. You've probably got less than one um, and a half percent, and you know there were plenty of other assets a lot better than that but you know we are looking at them right now if you buy a 10-year tips you're locking into a one16 percent um, uh, negative yield because that's because people know what they do they like them um, but these um, these are very overpriced right now and so they're kind of expensive inflation insurance so we've got to be careful you know get into these we get in the right way we do have a small exposure through them, through one of the funds, Western, which most people have, um, but you know, if we kind of go out on, on our own uh, and we're kind of looking at what that might do and whether we you know, use an ETF or whether we do it direct, so you know, watch this space, but they can work, um, but you know, if inflation subsides back to 2%, then uh, they, weren't, they weren't very pretty. Uh, commodities, ah, pretty awful, <laughs> uh, hedge against inflation. Uh, in the short term you can get spikes like this. Look at that. This this is kind of all come lumped together. So you can put in your metals, uh, nickel, aluminum, copper, all the industrials, and you can put in some energy there and you can put in precious metals and everything else. It doesn't really matter which one you use, they're roughly the same uh, behaviors. So here you go. You know, you did really well with your with your infl- uh, with your um, commodity index it went from you know 300 to the 500 and much better than inflation but look how volatile it was and over the long term, simply done it just because uh, you know there is a shortage of these types of commodities um, and they requires less input of commodities I- I per unit of GDP these days so uh, again something you're going to have to you know get in and I always say uh, commodities we do Silver or oil, coal oils like when you get in, but I have an excess track because if you hang around in those commodities, you will get absolutely burnt. You know here, even in a you know, you made no money for uh 28 years, and then here you made money out of 2008, this is all China basically, and had it all clown. So, uh, it's something where you've got to be very careful, it doesn't matter whether you buy the commodity or the mining. Companies, it's the same issue. Same issue with gold too. Doesn't help you to go to miners. Uh, the bond letters we like this very simple concept is that if you, if a ten-year getting you today and a one-year getting you fifty basis points and rate going up and they're going up because inflation's going up. Then as this matures, you just invested at the lower end, and this then is all kind of just down a bit like a Tetris thing. So you know this one becomes the one this one becomes a two year and so on so if interest rates go up this is very good cap for the you know the the change of interest rate we do use this uh, at interest rates you know, stay positive in a real on a real basis but they're not right now but they will um, then this is a way to capture that floating rates um, this is this red line it's a very very steady investment Apart from what briefly happened last year, but on market was even worse. So you're essentially getting a very, very steady rate of investment. In theory, you should inflation, and we like them. Uh, we've used them sometimes, I'm using for some time now, but uh, really the bet is, 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 uh, is the borrowing rate keeping with inflation. We do, uh, which it does, um, but it's kind of steady and we've used uh I thought it would have been rude about gold here we go I can do it now uh yeah it looks this is what most of the gold bars say ah you go okay but uh you know gold was regulated for you know for um you know seventy years until Nixon came off the gold standard and it had you know a huge rocket and then you know, if you bought it in 1980 or silver marketing. You, 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 um, you know, to make your money but and then it had another run as people got scared out of the DSC. Um, but anyway, you kind of see that over the long time, it's great. Uh, you made nine thousand dollars off a hundred dollar investment, inflation's at one thousand four hundred. You're, you're all ahead, but I'd say, yeah, you kind of chop this up into different ones, you'll find that it doesn't do that job at all. Here's a good, here's a good. Period five uh, years, you know the the uh, gold price absolutely plummeted. Inflation went, you know, on ahead up at a lower rate. and Now you're, you know, way behind. So I think gold is more of a a, a low rate. You don't any interest on in gold. You don't need coupons. So the, the the holding costs of it are, are less in a low rate environment. And in a slow growth area, it can be reasonable. But we kind of normally stayed away from gold. Um, and its and its inflation beating uh, properties are, um, are are far inferior, I think, to equities. Equities work very well. Here you go. Nine, going back to 1960, your hundred dollars turned into 7800 dollars normally. And in real terms, this bottom line, this is the CPI uh, multiplied by the inflation number. It's 816 dollars. So you have more than you know kept up with your uh, purchasing power. Um, so they've been a very good uh, inflation edge sometimes they don't do as well, uh, but generally they they've done very well. Um, and right now we have remember that real rates are incredibly low here's the federal funds rate less the rate of inflation. Um, minus 6% and uh, you know when we're this low I mean I wouldn't take this as a direct chart of everything on here as gospel but. Uh, generally. Uh, If you've got low rates, uh, low real rates, I mean, again, some of the 70s might mess things up a bit, but you had some pretty good returns here. You know, 31, a 19, a negative 11, a 1, a 12, and a 25. So it it really, you know, it's around places like this. This is obviously the tech crash. This was the GFC, minus 38%. These are are not, um, these can happen, but they're really independent of the uh, real inflation story. So I guess my, 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 my <laughs> summary on this is that real rates are low. That still makes it quite attractive to companies to borrow. So you're not stifling, you not turning off the economy and that's for people to, uh, companies to invest. A quick dive down. So we kind of took some different scenarios here about, okay, what does high inflation mean? Well, we just took a, a cut of 3%. And what this says is that if you have 3%, less than 3% inflation, but it's rising, equities outperform that inflation 90 percent of the time and if you have uh high uh, inflation above three percent and it's falling it, it equities outperform 76 percent of the time and this is low inf- inflation uh, and falling you know like from three to two to one this is high and rising so three four five six uh, and it's kind of stays set this is when equities don't do as well but still you know half the equities do better than inflation so If this was all the way down here, uh, then you'd have to look for a different inflation hedge if you felt that inflation was high and continuing to accelerate. But generally, equities are a good hedge against inflation, which is what we've kind of started out with. But (laughs) here's the but. In periods of 3% and rising inflation, here we answer what I've written up here, you have to look at what sectors do well. So the S and P 500 will, you know, will generally, just like just as we saw there, 48% of the time will, will up uh, But the sectors that do really well in in uh, in inflation is the guys up here in the top right. So energy. Not, you probably want to be an energy stock right now, but Exxon's up 60% of last year. Equity rates, which we which we are in, we we like those. Um, and also you want to be in consumer staples. Why? Because most consumer staples have pricing power. If you think of, you know, Clorox or Bounty or Heinz or Coca-Cola, God forbid, but that is considered a staple. You know, they do, people do go out and buy them, not regardless, regardless, sorry, a word is irregardless, regardless, not regardless of price, but they've got, you know, people will still buy them even as inflation goes up a little bit. So consumer staples tend to have good pricing so do utilities because they just go to the regulators and ask for a higher level of uh, return on capital which don't be in as mortgage rates and consumer disc- discretionary in tech uh, techs don't typically pay a dividend so a high inflation means you're just going to discount them by a higher level price level and they're not worth as much so if you this remember this is a three percent accelerating environment so that's the things you want to be in um and uh, we've got some of that already we've got the equity Reach. We've got consumer staples through the uh, dividend narrative grants. We haven't got a big exposure to energy. It did very well in the 73 to 2020 period, unfortunately could be quite there again. But the point about this is that, you know, you do have to kind of pick and choose your, what equities you think are going to do well, because this is the history of it. Uh, real estate, I think we've covered, you know, that, that definitely works. This is just S&P 1500, which includes the mid and small caps. Now these guys have leverage, so you know that's that's in favor uh, and with low rates. But obviously, it's absolutely crushed the, you know the the, the CPI made your know, hundred last twenty years amidst money in real estate. Crypto. I don't really want to talk about crypto. It's incredibly expensive um, and it's also very volatile. But uh, you know we we are we're not we we despite the. Being very good about it are looking at it uh, and you know there are ways to invest in it not just go out and buy more bitcoin uh but also through you know companies whether it's square or you know, there's there's ways for us to get it uh as well so i guess that run through on the investment options um as we sit down with clients we're kind of thinking about these inflation uh investment strategies some we've kind of got already uh, some to execute more if we thought inflation was going to hand a little bit but for the mouth I don't think that that's likely uh, so summary you know COVID 19 uh, map for a while uh, I just think that what well, you see that little clip up in the US? I, I just don't think we're gonna put all within six months so hang on how house winters you know acceleration rate breakout rate, um i think uh, you know it's going to be lurking in the background as a as a bit of a ghost you know it's like is it going to come, come back at us again or is it going to go away forever i think it'll be around for a bit consumers seem to be postponing their purchases i have a good November, december uh, not rushing into them and remember the house households generally are very flush with cash you know they um the, the uh, extended unemployment benefits and people being uh, paid if they stayed in jobs um, means that there's a very high level of cash. And also people have made a lot of money, whether it's stock market, crypto markets, $3 trillion. Now, you know, that wealth, you can argue whether it should be that big, but uh, there's roughly $3 trillion. Well, you have to cut it off a little bit because some people lost their coins permanently. So it might be less than $3 trillion less actually but but still there's three trailers of wealth out there just in crypto it's going to make people if they want to purchase able to purchase and it will be a headline for a while so just you know strap yourself in you're going to hear about it uh and i think it's going to affect um you know voting patterns if it persists and uh and um and people's outlook on the economy i don't think we're looking at a broad general increase in all prices now If it's but percent four and a half percent on the core January, February, then we'll have to think again. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen primarily because of the wages, which is the next one. Hiring has picked up; um, it should stay strong in, in the coming coming months. Uh, in, you know, if the economy stays, so we think that's uh, that's generally a good pattern. Um, and the Fed is tapering, but you know, conditions are still incredibly loose. So we're not sort of in a period of of, of where the Fed is in, about to take us to much higher levels of um, of inflation. So I know it's a bit of a run through. Happy to this will be up on the blog and the slides I think will be available as well. Um, we do have some QA, I think. Um, copy of the slide deck available. Yes. I think we can make that happen. Um, happy to put that out as a PDF. Uh, we'll all do tech do badly in 3% and rising inflation. I own tech. Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. Um, I mean there's some tech which is it uh, depends if you call Tesla tech. Let's not call it tech for now; it's just a car company. But um, I think there are some, you know, tech companies which are on pretty high multiples, um, but they're also incredibly profitable, especially the big guys. Um, so I, th- I think uh, uh, we haven't—they haven't really been tested in a three uh, percent I- inflation environment. I think in the initial reaction will probably be a, you know a sell-off in tech uh, people want more kind of real income protection they'll get it they can find it more easily elsewhere but I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna sell off and I think you know we've also done uh, invested in a ETF called um, XPND, which is um, kind of a nice little ticket for ex- expanded tech and we've kind of gone into uh, tech companies like you know Adobe and Trimble which are um, huge cash generating machines and in the case of adobe pretty much sells its entire 12 month output on january the first to subscriptions so i think uh, there might be some pull still think they're going to be in a pretty strong part of the uh, economy and sector what are you driving that takes four gallons i'm, I'm driving a kawasaki versus 650 it's a it's a two-cylinder motorcycle <laughs> a, and uh, i can go 220 miles on that but anyway it should used to cost 15 bucks and now it's uh let's say 25 it's a bit of a shocker um so that's how i get around <laughs> uh nice to hear from people uh let's see let me chat uh sound is good still sound good Sound is good christian's audio quality is pretty poor only understand i'm sorry about that i hope that that picked up a bit i don't know we'll, we'll have to try a different time uh, a different Feed next time and see if we can get better in that. that's us apologise to anyone who had poor um, audio quality. Um, maybe it'll show up in the recording. Well, look, thanks very much. Uh, sorry to take up your time. We'll do one more of these, obviously, before the year end. Um, but I think generally we've been in a, uh, you know, a, a very good environment, and now we're sort of facing this inflation change. Um, you know, I do not think it's a regime change, but something different from what we've been experiencing. But I think. Uh, with the other parts of the economy, especially employment and output, and today, like I mentioned, retail sales are where, where the economy uh, is in, in pretty good shape. Okay, with that, I will um, give you a pause to brace yourself for the for the disclosure. This is where I kind of lose people. I can't think why, but um, let's see if I can get out. No, it's here, it's all that's coming. So, if you're a disclosure guy, don't feel that you have to listen to this. Uh, okay, discussions of the investments, investment strategy, research, investment process of Brian Janikowski are of the date indicated or is it the date of this presentation subject change without notice. Charts illustrated throughout this presentation may be updated periodically. We have no obligation to provide revised assessments in the event of change of circumstances. We cannot assure that the types of investments mentioned in this presentation will produce the intended results or outperform any investments in the future. We reserve the right to change. Our investment perspectives and outlook without notice as market conditions dictate as additional information becomes available. Diversification does not protect the investor from market risk, does not ensure profit. Information is subject to unintentional errors, emissions, and changes without notice. All sources are from facts set unless otherwise noted. Uh, while we gather this information from sources we believe to be reliable, we cannot guarantee the accuracy of completeness of any statements on numerical data in the presentation. References to individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell that security. Security is noted in this. Representation already several of the successful as well as non successful investments by Brown Janikowski do not represent all the securities we have purchased, sold, or amended. Index returns include in reinvested dividends and interest but do not reflect emissions or transaction costs. Mutual funds return include reinvested dividends, capital gains distribution, mutual fund returns on net fund expenses. have do not reflect Brown Janikowski's plea with the carefully before investing or set money. Past forms, no guarantee of future results. You may reference various. Hypothetical investment illustrations there for illustration purposes only, not an investment recommendation, do not guarantee indication of success. Big congratulations to Valentina Rossi for his retirement from the Moto G, nine times world jump we'll never see his title again. Thank you very much.